Right, so let's go through this session today then. So we have uh, winning with weight loss today. And the goal of this session is to help you fully understand how we change our weight through nutrition and lifestyle and a little bit about exercise, but we're not going to talk massively about that one today. Now, before we go any further, we're going to go for a few quick mindset checks. Now, obviously, we we talk a lot about mindset um, and it's, it comes before everything else. But I just want to kind of go for a few really quick things here. So my big head's in the way there, but underneath my head, you, there, there's identity in the corner there. So essentially, everything comes from that identity. Everything comes from the center of that target. Our identity, our values, our beliefs, that then leaks into our habits, what we do day to day. And then those obviously give us our outcomes, okay? So it's identity, beliefs and behavior, uh, beliefs and behaviors, yep, and then into our outcomes. So ask yourself now, who, who are you? What do you believe about yourself? What are your values? What is important to you? What are your abilities? What do you think your limitations are? Because often what we think our limitations are and what they actually are are two completely different things. Where's your potential? So with your health and well-being, where do you honestly see your potential being? As you come in, guys, say hello, say good morning, click the link above uh, if you haven't done already. Now, something else that links in with this mindset bit here is intrinsic motivation. Now, morning, Sam. So intrinsic motivation is the idea of of wanting to do things for your health and well-being, of wanting to go to bed early, of wanting to drink more water, of wanting to eat well because you value you more. Now, that's a massive change for a lot of us, right? A lot of us, if we're being completely honest, don't value ourselves enough enough, sorry, to put ourselves first. We value other things. We value escapism. We value instant gratification. We value comfort. That typically, for, for teachers in the modern world, that those are some very, very high values on that priority ladder, right? When you really, really think about it, it's it's not off it's not common really for a teacher to value themselves the, you know to the amount that you need to to put yourself ahead of your job it's not common which is is scary when you think about it that way but that's what we're talking about we're talking about making this motivation intrinsic and that comes from self belief and self worth and self value if you have those three things you will value yourself enough to put yourself first so we've obviously got the growth and mix, uh, fixed mindset not going to talk about that because it's not a mindset session today but yeah what's your identity right now ask yourself what is your identity what do you value what's important to you if you're not sure if you don't really know what you value and again johnny's going to help us with this on the 13th of april if you're not really certain on that a really good indicator is to go and look at your habits if you go and look at what you do every single day i can tell you two things i can tell you what you value and i can tell you where you'll be in a year just by looking at what you do every single day the little habits that you have, what you eat, how much you move, how you spend your time outside of teaching, all of those things will tell us your values and where you're going to be in a year's time. So another quick mindset thing with well, with weight loss, again, we don't often just talk about weight loss, do we, to be honest, guys, but today we are. Um, there are lo loads of potential things holding you back. Past lived experiences, things that you've been conditioned to believe, beliefs about yourself, those limiting beliefs. We talk often about the negativity and the confirmation biases. So if you're not aware of what those are, negativity bias, your brain focuses on negative things more than it does on positive things. This is why um, often um, kind of, you know, clickbait titles and the news is focused towards negativity because it holds our attention better. The confirmation bias is our brain looking for evidence that we are correct. It's often a bit of confusion. That's just say confusion. 
confusion around what your true goals are. I'm going to talk about that more a bit more in a second. For a lot of people, weight loss isn't their true goal. Not really, really, really. But again, that comes from your past lived experiences. That comes from what the health and fitness industry, uh, I say health in inverted commas, um, has conditioned you to believe. We are conditioned to think, if I lose weight, I will be happier, right? But that's not often really realistic. Um, and then we've got that short-term mindset and those unrealistic expectations. These can really hold you back with your health journey because you expect to be you know, halfway to your goal in two weeks time. This isn't gonna go, you know, the way that we do things, the healthy, measured, managed, the way that we do things, the way that we do it to set you up for the rest of your life, isn't gonna get you to lose a stone in two weeks. Very, very rarely, because that's not really what it's about. And that's not doing the deep work that we need to do. So black and white mindset, obviously on the wagon, off the wagon, here we go. We've got that lovely, um, don't know why I haven't put a space there between those two words, less optimal, more optimal. So we've got the black and white thinking, the on off thinking, the um, good bad mindset, the on the wagon, off the wagon around food, all of that stuff, right? That's the guy on the left. Yeah, he's on off with his switch. We know that we don't think like that in the team. We realign our thinking to spectrum thinking, the spectrum perspective. Everything in life, how you move, how you sleep, how you spend your time, how you eat, everything, things that happen to you, everything is on this spectrum from less optimal to more optimal. Now, I know that sounds really bad because if you were to go and, um, I don't know, you were going to go over a pothole and blow your tyre, it's very hard to think of that as not a bad thing. But really, when you think about the grand scheme of things, in a year, is you blowing your tyre going to be gonna be something that, that bothers you? Probably not, right? So everything fits on this scale from less optimal to more optimal. Got loads of people coming in, guys. Got six people watching, and I've only had a good morning from three people. Comment below, say hello, let me know who's watching. If you haven't done it before, click the link above, and I'll be able to see your name. So we always um, realign our thinking, don't we, from less optimal to more optimal, not black and white. There is no good food or bad food. There is no good decision or bad decision. It all just comes along that spectrum. And like we say, the beautiful thing about that spectrum is that you can change it over the course of a day. Just because you have a certain meal, because you have a takeaway, because you have an extra glass of wine, it doesn't mean your day is ruined. And that's if you want to win with weight loss, that's a massive mindset shift to make. Okay, because there will always be times where you have a biscuit with a cup of tea. There will be times where it's someone's birthday, you enjoy it, you enjoy a cupcake. It doesn't mean that your health is ruined. We're playing the long game here. You are the average of what you do. You are not the sum of what you do. And that's really, really important. As I go, guys, if any of this is resonating, if there's a phrase I say that really kind of connects with you, pop it in the comments because people who come later will be able to see that and they'll be able to kind of pick out the key bits. So anything that really sticks in your mind, guys, as we go through, pop it in the comments. So let's get into it. That's the weight loss side of it. Why weight loss then? Sorry, that's the mindset side of it. Why weight loss? Why bother with weight loss? Now, big precursor for all of this is that we're not actually talking about weight loss, are we? We're talking about fat loss. Two completely different things. Weight loss, you could you know, like I did, have a, have an injury, not walk for a month, lose a ton of muscle on one leg, and then um, you're going to lose a ton of weight because you've lost muscle. You can lose weight through lots of different mechanisms. It doesn't need to be uh, body fat, but ultimately we're talking about fat loss today. So why do that? doesn't really matter. It's it completely personal to you. There is no right or wrong reason. 
Okay, we can't comment on other people's motivators. It's totally up to you. A few really good ones would be something like, you know, health health markers, being healthy. I know people watching, there's a few of you who have already kind of spoken to me about improving your health markers, blood pressure, heart rate, um, fitness, that kind of stuff. Health and longevity, your energy in the morning, confidence, not feeling so sluggish throughout the day, relationships with other people, relationships with food, being a role model to, to the children in your class, being a role model to siblings to nieces and nephews to, to your children just because you like a challenge there's loads of reasons why someone might choose to go on this journey and there is no right or wrong reason but we can be presented with what i call the notebook problem now the notebook problem um, if you've watched that famous scene that there's like a million and one gifs and, and memes of is when you don't really know what you want okay you know the scene where they're like what do you want I don't know what I want, that scene, right? Um, I don't think it's this scene here, but it's the best picture I could find. So the noble problem is when you don't really know deep down what you want from your weight loss. And I want everyone to write down now what what it is that you think right now that you, that you want. Why do you, if you're someone who is trying to lose weight right now, why? Why are you trying to lose weight? And Johnny is going to help us unpick this on the 13th of April. And he's going to talk about our values and our behaviours and identity. But right now, just write down on a piece of paper, why do you want to lose weight? I'll give you give you 15 seconds. Come back to that after the session as well, guys. It's something that you need to kind of ponder on for a little bit. So for a lot of people, it will be to do with health, happiness, confidence in themselves. But if you boil anyone's down, typically they come to health and happiness. But if you're not sure on that right now, guys, it's fine, but you need to be sure. We can't have the notebook problem. You need to be absolutely crystal clear on if you are trying to lose weight, why you're trying to lose weight. And that might actually lead you to the conclusion of, I don't actually really want to lose weight. I just want to be fitter. I want to have better energy. It might actually move you away from weight loss, which is cool. Absolutely fine. So is it really weight loss? No. For most people, it's not. It is our weight. It, it, it's... um all the outcomes instead of our weight. It's our energy, sleep, mood, confidence, happiness, okay? We've already spoken about this, really, really important. So, a quote that I absolutely love, make your body an instrument, not an ornament, okay? We are not just here to look pretty and to fulfill somebody else's beauty standards. We are here to be healthy, happy, to fulfill our potential and to live I know it's super cheesy, but to live our best life. But we are, right? We're here to make the most of our time. A really nice way to think about life and time is, um, you know, the purpose of life or what happiness means is to enjoy the passing of time. If you if you can say to yourself, am I really enjoying the passing of time to my absolute maximum potential? And you say yes, then that's amazing. But not many people can say yes to that question. So are you enjoying the passing of time as much as you could? That's the that's a very big question, right? But it's always what it all links into it. It links into you being an instrument for your goals, not an ornament. Okay, we're not just here to look a certain way. I've done that in myself in the past. I've done photo shoots. I've done silly, silly things. But I personally now have very different values too. Didn't make me any happy, any happier. Was not happier when I was kind of you know very very lean and you know shaved legs with fake tan posing for a photo i was i was no happy i was probably more unhappy because i hadn't eaten how i wanted to eat i had my friend went to australia and i, and I didn't go to the leaving do because i was worried about going out for a night out and drinking alcohol before my photo shoot like a week before 
how bad is that? Like, I haven't seen her in two years now and I missed that opportunity. So, um, yeah, just just ask yourself, am I am I striving to be an ornament or am I striving to be an, an, an instrument? <clears throat> so let's get really into the nitty gritty then. The scale. The scale has very, very little to do with your overall health and well-being progress. Most of the changes that you can see on the scale day to day are water weight. So what we do is we take an average, don't we guys? So we weigh in, if, if you are using the scale as part of your journey, you weigh in between three and seven times per week, spread across the week. And at the end of the week, you add those up, you divide by the number of times you weighed in and you get your weekly average. So week one average, week two average, week three average. Lots of you, probably about half of you, aren't even using the scale at all because for numerous reasons it is not appropriate. But if you are, know that when you step on the scale, it's mostly water weight changes and your journey will look like this. And that's absolutely cool. That's actually a really good example of what a journey might look like. Now, a big thing that can impact on your water weight is the menstrual cycle. Carbohydrate intake can cause you to store water weight. Salt intake, higher salt intake can cause you to store water weight. So imagine you have a takeaway, high carbs, high salt. I can put on three pounds after a takeaway. But now it doesn't bother me because I know that that is not three pounds of fat gain. It is literally just water weight that will dissipate over the next few days. You'll have loads of food in your system. You'll have more food in your system typically over the weekend than you will kind of um, Monday to Thursday because of our eating habits, right? All these things impact on that number. Take a weekly average. More important than taking a weekly average. Um, uh, keep your conditions the same. So if you are using the scale keep your conditions the same. First thing in the morning, after going to the loo, um, either one or two, whichever you normally do, before you eat or drink anything, minimal clothing, same scale, same place. Just like a science experiment at school, keep the metrics as similar as you possibly can, okay? And that is how you use the scale, if you're gonna use that scale. Now, here are the really, really important parts. I'd probably say about 75% of you right now who have an aesthetic goal, so you have a goal that is driven by um, or not driven by, but you have a goal that is in part to do with kind of your, your body shape or, or, or whatever. About 75% of you right now are using uh, your clothes as a metric of progress. And I can promise you that if you pick a pair of jeans, a top and a dress, or you know whatever clothes that you personally enjoy wearing, pick something that you're not super comfortable in right now, that you just you just don't feel yourself in, pick that. Try it on today and try it on every fortnight for the next few months because that pe that um, item of clothing isn't going to change. It's a really, really good metric of, of progress. At the moment, I'm trying to put on weight. I'm trying to gain a bit of muscle. I'm trying to get fitter and stronger. So at the moment, when I'm putting on my jeans, I'm wanting them to feel tighter <laughs> along the top of my legs because I'm wanting to, to, to build up my legs, basically. So that's I know that's a very different example to a lot of people, but I'm still using clothes as a metric of progress, right? Progress photos once a month, okay, we all know about the progress photos it's in your client pack, how your clothes fit, like I said, how confident you feel, your sleep, your energy, your mood, your stress levels, hopefully reducing over time. Again, that's a very tricky one because it will go up and down, we know that, there'll be pinch points in your academic year. Your relationship with food, guys, I can't stress how much more I would rather you have a good relationship with your food than to see the scale shooting down all the time by doing it in an unhealthy manner. I have been in both ends of this spectrum and I'm sure I know that from talking to a lot of you guys, a lot of you have also had not great relationships with food and, and yourselves. 
it's not a good place to be. I would rather personally enjoy my food, have a great relationship with food and not have, you know, not be the kind of staple kind of um, picture of kind of a lean body. Like I, the hands down, there is no question in my mind that I would rather enjoy my life, have a beer, have a curry. I had a pizza last night and a gin and tonic. For a lot of people, that will cause them a lot of anguish. It will cause them to overthink things. It will cause them to beat themselves up. So this is really important stuff, guys. I know we haven't actually talked about how we lose weight yet, but this needs to be in place. It's super important. Again, as you know, we don't focus on that end goal. We focus on the brick by brick. This is that quote from Will Smith I always use. You don't try to build the whole wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And you do that every single day. And soon you have your wall. Now, that is drinking a glass of water, adding some more veggies to your lunch, getting an extra half an hour of sleep. Those are the things that we focus on. Okay, guys? So let's get into it. Let's get into the actual weight loss side of it. Some real quick myths. The meal, the myth, the legend. Carbs don't cause weight gain. We love carbohydrates. They are our body's main fuel source. Carbs can cause weight gain on the scale if you have a high-carb meal. So then people who don't really know this stuff they will equate the number on the scale going up to carbs being bad. However, uh, and in the same breath, when that person does something like the keto diet or they drop carbs super low, obviously the scale comes down because they're eating half as much food so they don't have the food weight in their system. They've got half as many carbs in their body so they're not holding that water weight or the carb weight. And of course the scale's going to go down. But what happens? They eat some more carbohydrates. They go back to normal life. The scale goes up again. They get frustrated. They blame themselves. They berate themselves. Okay, carbs do not cause weight gain. Sugar doesn't cause weight gain in isolation. Okay, fat doesn't cause weight gain. We need healthy fats for our hormones, our brain health, yeah, our reproductive hormones, all sorts. We we need we need that healthy fat. Highly palatable food, cookies, ice creams, biscuits, chocolates. They do not cause weight gain. Okay, believe you me, they do not cause weight gain. Meal timings, I, I remember my mum telling me when I was younger, um, not in terms of me losing weight, but just generally saying it in passing, that you can't kind of eat after dinner time, can't eat after 7pm because your body stores more fat. Put in the comment, who has heard that before? You can't eat late at night because your body's, your metabolism slows down and you're, you store more fat. Put it in the comments, be honest, who has either heard that or believed that before? Now, your metabolism does very, very slightly slow down towards the end of the day because your body is preparing for sleep because of that circadian rhythm. However, if you eat any meal, you'll spike your metabolism because your body goes, cool, I've got some food here. So if you were to eat, you know, within your calorie range, at, you know, all your food in one hour at 10 p.m. at night, I mean, you'd probably feel terrible. But if you were to do that and you were still to be in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. It's the overall daily, the overall weekly average calorie amount that matters. It's none of these things. Um, PCOS directly causes weight gain. Doesn't. We can't gain weight unless we're in a calorie surplus, having extra calories coming in. Um, PCOS indirect PCOS indirectly causes weight gain. We covered that last week. Sam's heard that before. Yep, yeah, I heard that before. Right, so let's go on. So if all those things are the are the myths, all those things are the things that aren't true about weight loss and weight gain, let's find out what is actually true. What is the truth behind all this? Before we do that, we need to understand how we use energy. So 70% of the energy that your body uses per day is used just at rest. 
So if you lay down all day, 75% of your energy would be used resting. And this is what we call your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, or your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Okay, so that's 70% of what you eat. That energy is used to feel your brain, or a lot of it for your brain, to be honest, but all those other kind of bodily processes. 15% is used just by moving around for the average person. So getting up, doing the washing, you know, picking the kids up, putting them down, um, you know, going shopping, all that daily stuff, walking around the classroom, that movement comes to about 15% of your daily calorie usage in your body, your energy usage. About 10%, a massive amount, about 10% comes from just digesting and processing your food. This is higher for protein than it is for carbohydrates for fats. Another little bonus of protein, um, particularly if you're looking at fat loss. And then just a tiny amount for the average person who exercises an average amount, which is about between 30 and 45 minutes a day of um, higher heart rate activity. So about 30 minutes a day of higher heart rate activity. That for, uh, you know, for the average person takes up just 5%. Now you can clearly see there why if someone's trying to lose weight and they just go to the gym and they don't look at all those other things, they don't look at their movement, movement, they don't look at their nutrition, you can see very, very quickly why they might not really get very far. And they might also develop a bit of a negative relationship between exercise and their bodies. So a calorie deficit, please, please post in the comments, who has heard of a calorie deficit? It's gotta be everyone. I think we've all heard of it now. James Smith, I'm not the biggest fan, but James Smith um, has kind of taken this to the masses, I think, with his following and, and he obviously puts the swear word in there, but yeah, calorie deficit, it's, it's, it's common knowledge now, which is great because it is the law of thermodynamics. It is the fact that you are a closed system. You can't create or destroy energy. We can just change it from one thing to another. We know this from our science lessons. So the energy that comes in in food form gets mostly changed to heat energy or movement energy. It's, those are the two ways pretty much that our body converts stored energy and calories to um movement and heat energy that's what our body does with it right so if we eat less than what is coming in we're gonna lose weight because our body needs to tap into the fat stores which we'll explain in a second so it is an equation on the surface of energy in versus energy out on the surface we need less energy coming in than we are expending so we can increase our movement we could exercise a bit more if we wanted to in conjunction with our nutrition so those things those mechanisms are going to make the the expenditure higher and then we control the nutrition coming in and make that lower. Think of a sinking boat or an empty empty in a bath, right? So if you're in a boat, little rowing boat, and the water's coming in, right? The water's flooding in from, from holes in the bottom of the boat. Just focusing on exercise is like just grabbing the bucket and trying to empty out the water. You're not plugging the holes at the bottom of the boat. You're not controlling the nutrition that's coming in. So yes, you, you can work as hard as you want in the gym, throwing that water over the side of the boat, or you can walk 20,000 steps a day but if you're not managing your nutrition, it's likely you won't be getting the balance right. So we need to plug those holes in the bottom of the boat first. We don't need to worry about what colour the bucket is, what shape the bucket is, how many buckets, which is us worrying about, you know, how many calories we burn on a treadmill or something. Don't need to worry about all that. We choose the bucket as a final kind of part. And we don't just choose the bucket just to empty the boat. Okay. Now, this is independent of food choice. There are loads of examples of this. There is a guy, Mark Hall. Um, how cool uh, from Kansas State University I think it was about 2010 20, 2009 he did the Twinkie diet so he ate just Twinkies and then he also ate when he got bored Doritos ice cream some other things highly palatable foods that we wouldn't class as healthy but he ate them in a calorie deficit obviously he felt 
awful. He felt terrible. His digestion was bad. His skin was bad. His energy was bad. He was not a happy buddy, but he lost weight because he was in a calorie deficit. There's the guy who did the McDonald's, the teacher um, who did the McDonald's diet. And again, he went and he ate, to be fair, he didn't eat just burgers. He ate like salads and porridge as well as burgers and stuff. But his point was that we just need to manage that calorie balance and then we're going to be in a, in a calorie deficit and therefore we're going to lose weight. Big thing here, distinction, health and fat loss are not the same thing. Okay, they're not the same thing. So really quickly, let's look at some numbers, guys. I'm going to speed this up. So let's take, um, I'm just going to use Sam. Okay, Sam needs uh, 2,000 calories to maintain, this is not you, Sam, it's just using your name, um, needs 2,000 calories to maintain her body weight at the current activity level she's doing, which is why I ask you what your activity level is approximately. So she's burning 2,000 calories through all of those different things. She eats 1,600 calories. She doesn't change how much she's moving. She doesn't exercise more. She doesn't move more. She just keeps that the same, but she manages her calories. She will lose body fat over time. Take another example. Um, let's say uh, it's me then. So I, my body weight, need 2,200 calories. I, I exercise a bit more. I, I do whatever. I could, I mean, I've done this before. I wouldn't do it again. I could, for me, go and eat 1,500 calories and put myself in a 700 calorie deficit. Okay. Bearing in mind, there is about, approximately, depending on your metabolism, there's about 3,500 calories in a pound of body fat. This is a roundabout number, guys. It doesn't work exactly like this. But it's about 3,500 calories in a pound of body fat. So if I was to be in a 700 calorie deficit for five days, I would lose a pound of body fat. Approximately, obviously. Okay? So if you were to lose 3,500 calories over the course, sorry, if you were to be in a 3,500 calorie deficit over the course of a week, you would lose, on average, a pound of body fat. Okay? So just as a bit of an indicator. So you can see already, to lose two pound a week, so to lose just, just under a kilo a week, you've got to be in a 7,000 calorie deficit over the week. That's hard going. So when people say, oh, I want to lose two pound, I want to lose five pounds a week, you, know, you now know how much energy you need to be below maintenance. It's a lot, right? 7,000 calories below on average over the week to lose two pounds. Two pounds is fast. Two pounds is, two pounds is too fast for a lot of people. So how do we stick all to, to all this, right? How do we keep all this going? There are, this is the um, priority pyramid. So three kind of real foundations for this. And we're nearly at the end, guys. We've got adherence, so sticking to it. We've got flexibility, so enjoying our lifestyle, that kind of stuff. And we've got enjoyment, right? So you can see these all link, right? We need, to be adherent, we need flexibility and enjoyment. To get enjoyment out of our diet, we've got to stick to it and we've got to be flexible with it, okay? So you can see how they all kind of link together. Now, one thing I would change here, and I, I have mentioned this a few times before, I would put protein intake above now sleep and stress management. So calorie deficit comes first, and obviously, guys, this goes about saying nutrient quality, eating fruits and veggies, staying hydrated, all of that comes. That's that's a given, right? Calorie deficit comes first. Then your movement, your day-to-day -day movement, that 15%. Then your sleep and stress management. Then your protein intake. And then, therefore, um, going up, right? So another quick quote before we move on to the very final last little bit here, guys. So we're going to talk about how we're actually going to go and do this for you now. So use this principle, be stubborn with your goals, but flexible in your methods. We need this to be flexible. There are a million and one ways, 
to manage your nutrition. So many ways. You could change your food choices. You could moderate highly palatable foods. If you're having takeaways three times a week, you can move that to once a week. If you're having a tub of ice cream um, four times a week, you can make that twice a week. Okay, so just moderating highly palatable foods. You can do that by controlling your food environment and developing your relationship with food with those. Portion control, I'm gonna show you that one in a second, okay? You can use a balanced plate. Now the balanced plate that is the UK kind of GDA balanced plate, the healthy living plate, or the live well plate, I can't remember what it's called now, um, that has quite a small protein amount. So use this as a guide. Half your plate, veggies. That's a lot, right? Half your plate, veggies. A quarter of your plate from protein sources. And that leaves me with, what, a quarter left, right? And then you've got a quarter left to split between carbohydrates and then a slither of fats. That could be a drizzle of oil, cooking with oil, avocado, nuts, seeds, things like that, right? And peanut butter, stuff like that. So use that as a rough guide. It's a super, super simple way to do it. All we're doing is eating more, eating more plants, we're just eating more fruits and veggies, keeping protein high, and then the rest is filling up what's left. So time restriction, you could do this in a few ways. You could do the 5-2 fast. I don't recommend this for many people, guys. The 5-2 fast, eating normally, for five days, so not changing anything, and then basically fasting for two days, or eating very, very low calories for two days. So like 500 calories for two days. I don't recommend that personally at all. And I, I don't really want anyone to be using that unless it's a very, very certain situation. Tracking days that, uh, and obviously uh, the other type of fasting, we've got the 16-8 fast. So fasting for 16 hours of the day, eating for eight hours of the day, and basically, most most of us eat for about 12 hours of the day. So we wake up and we have breakfast at nine. Uh, so we have breakfast at seven and we typically eat through until about seven, right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner in those 12 hours. So by doing the 16, eight fast and just eating for eight hours, we are just basically having lunch, a snack and dinner and some dessert. So we're just cutting out a meal. Intermittent fasting pretty much just cuts out a meal. It that, that It's not magical. You, you just reducing your calorie intake that way. Tracking off days, so if you've been doing this for a while and you're pretty comfortable with your nutrition, you can just track days that are different. So you could track over the weekend because that's not a Monday to Thursday typical day. You could track calories. You could do calorie cycling. So Monday to Thursday, you could have, uh, example, 1500. And then oh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you could have 1800. And it just brings up that difference. I'll show you an example of that in a second. You could track calories and protein. I don't really recommend anyone tracks calories, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. You just don't need to unless you have performance goals or you're an athlete. Intuitive eating is the goal for all of us, okay? We're all working towards intuitive eating. That is listening to our bodies and responding. Most of us, because of our environments, because of our conditioning, would find that very, very tricky right now. But that's what we're all working towards. That's the goal, right? to just eat as you feel. Now, really quick way to make this easier, you've got the hand model there. So palm size blue is um, protein, a fist full of, car of, of veggies, so two fists I recommend on your plate of like veggies, a thumb of fats and a small cupped hand of carbohydrates. Very, very rough guide, guys. This isn't a specific science, it's just a rough guide to help you out with portion control. Um, eat a rainbow, as many colors as you can in a day. If you can eat five different colors or even like, you know, eight different colors, it's likely that you are gonna be eating tons of plants. Well, that's what we want, right? Fruits and veggies, fiber, vitamins, minerals. And um, what else? That, that's it really. Make it quick, make it easy, make it tasty.
So on paper, yes, it is that simple, but we're human beings. And this is what the rest of the program is all about, isn't it? It's about our mindset. It's about un our understanding of, of nutrition and other areas. The, the ups and downs of being human, you know, the impact of school on your sleep and your stress, your environment, um, the menstrual cycle hugely impacts on hormones and all sorts of other stuff. If, you, if you're not sure about that, go and watch last week's session because that was a really, really good one about um, PCOS, menopause and the menstrual cycle. Um, yeah, teaching has a massive impact. Your lifestyle, going out, seeing friends, actually living your life, actually enjoying the passing of time. And obviously your habits have a massive impact on this as well. So again, you need to choose, guys, what option is going to work best for you. Here are just a couple of examples of what I meant when I said calorie cycling throughout the week. Sometimes this is called, sometimes this is called intermittent dieting um, or an intermittent calorie deficit because obviously you can see some days we are, some days we're not. Um, but those are the absolute basics, guys. Do we have any questions at all? Pop in the comments if you've got any questions, but that is a whistle-stop tool to weight loss, how it works, and some really important considerations. So again, you know, we need to be focused on the enjoyment, the lifestyle factors, the practicality of it, how realistic it is for you, the flexibility, the knowledge and the longevity. Those are key factors. Right, any questions I want, there are, I can see there are five people watching this live. I want five comments, please, guys. Give me one thing you've taken away from today. It could be a phrase, it could be um, a key question for somebody else or for you or for me now. It could be something you've learned, it could be something that you want to go and change. Just one thing, give me a comment, guys. I wanna see him coming in, I want five comments. And if you haven't already and you're new to the team, click the link at the top that says Ecamm because that will give me permission to be able to see your name. Five comments, guys. When you've done your comment, you can go <laughs> to get to get teacher-free about it. I want a comment, please. What have you taken away from this session? Because the people that can come after you will look down that comment list and they'll see the quick wins. They'll see the key points from this session that you personally took. It's not really any point me writing those because it's, oh, I'll be very biased in it. You guys, you know, you are, you are the team. It's important what you think. So pop your comment below and you may dis disappear. Have, have a great weekend, guys. Cheers for joining me. And again, if you've got any questions, you know, any questions, please do pop them in. Okay, really important. Awesome, fantastic, guys. So we've got some really good ones here. Um, eating out is a is possible within a balanced diet, hundred percent. I had a massive pizza last night, huge pizza. It was homemade, and it was actually very high protein as well. But I had a pizza. You say to someone, "Can I have a pizza when I'm when I'm being being healthy?" Most people, probably over fifty percent, would say, "No, you, you can't have pizza and be healthy." Like you can't really have pizza. I've had pizza once a week for the last month, probably usually on a Friday. You, you, it's all possible. It is possible. Tons of veggies on there, high protein. Very a pizza is actually a very very balanced meal. More if you make it yourself, but still it can be a balanced meal. Um, Tasha says, I "Haven't heard of tracking just the off days before." Love that. Yeah, absolutely. If you get into a really good rhythm, a routine, you know, you know, kind of what your Monday to Thursday. Is. I'm using that as an example because it usually is that, isn't it? You know what that looks like for you. You, if you've done that for like a few weeks and you're having pretty much similar meals, you know that you're roughly eating between this number of calories, right? So you can, when you've done that for a few months or or even like, you know, long, a bit longer, you can just track those off days. Um, 
Oh, awesome, loads of comments coming in. Sam says, using my palm as a rough guide to adding protein to meals. Yeah, that's an awesome one. Um, to remember, it's a lifestyle change, not a race. Absolutely, that's a fantastic one. Less optimal, more optimal mindset shift. Yeah, 100%. That's brilliant. Thank you, guys. Thank you for all your comments and your input there. People who come after you will find that really, really useful. That's awesome. Have a lovely weekend, guys. Yeah.